0: Good Tuesday morning. Welcome in to the powermazoo.com Tuesday Tiger Recruiting Show. We will bring Sean Williams in just a minute on the screen. He will be approximately where you see that blue box with a picture of Brandon Barnes, who is a former Mizzou football player and staffer, but now is trying his hand in the mortgage business. And we'd like you to give Brandon a shot. He has been with us all year. As the presenting sponsor on this show, helping us be able to do what we've done all year long. This is week 12 now of six shows a week. We're going to slow down a little bit going forward, but we will still be here with you guys on Tuesday for the next two or three weeks uh, leading up to the early signing period. And we ask you if you are in the market For a new mortgage or maybe you're refinancing the one you currently have, give Brandon the first shot at earning your business. You can check him out at showmemortgage.com. You can get an online quote there. You can email him at bbarnes at usa-mortgage.com. Call him at either of the two phone numbers there. On your screen, if you're listening on the podcast, those numbers are 573-818-2772 or 573-590-0001. I can promise that Brandon's going to do his best to get you the best rate he can. He's going to respond promptly. He will give you great customer service. Uh, Maybe don't bug him on Thursday. Maybe let him hang out with his uh, his friends and family on Thursday, as we hope you all are doing. But pretty much any other day, if you get in touch with Brandon, uh, we feel confident telling you that he's going to give you uh, his best effort in getting you into the best deal that he can for your mortgage. So once again, uh, showmemortgage.com. Check out Brandon Barnes and um, get everything set there. As promised now, Sean Williams is on your screen. Sean, appreciate you uh, cramming some time in here, getting uh, getting everything done before Thursday, and uh, and the food coma, man.
1: Yeah, that's, I think that's what everybody's trying to do in our industry is get everything done before Thursday, and uh, and uh, try to uh, hopefully nobody commits. Uh, hey, recruits out there, don't commit on Thursday, okay? We're busy, uh, we're trying to eat, okay? So no. please <laughs> leave us alone.
0: Correct. <laughs> PSA: Commit Tuesday, even commit Wednesday, commit Friday. That's cool. Thursday we would we would appreciate it if maybe not Thursday. So uh Well
1: maybe maybe wait till Friday Friday afternoon. I might be hung over a little bit, you know, on Friday morning. <laughs> there you go.
0: There you go. Um so okay, Thursday morning to Friday afternoon. Out of the question for Sean Williams. But um all right, speaking of commits, Missouri got one on Saturday. It went public on Sunday. Um, twenty twenty three tight end Brett Norfleet. Interesting that uh, two years in a row now, Missouri's first commitment, the guy who's kind of getting things going, is an in-state tight end. And Norfleet's a guy who's he has been on the radar forever. This is an instance, I think, Sean, of where being first – to kind of recognize a kid really was important for Missouri. I mean, they had him in on two or three unofficial visits before. I think really he became kind of a bigger name and then started getting attention from some some more big-time programs across the country. But I think that early work that, uh, that Missouri did and Casey Woods and Eli Drinkwitz and the rest of the staff really paid off here.
1: Yeah. And, and North a guy that really kind of popped on the radar. Um, you know, when the old staff was here, uh, you know, we started talking about him then, but then, you know, when, when Drinkles and his staff came here, they really kind of, uh, he was kind of one of the first guys that they, they kind of targeted and built relationships with. And, uh, you know, he's been to, uh, he's been to Missouri six, seven times now. So, um, uh, you know, he's been to a couple games, uh, so far this season. Um, uh, And obviously he was at the game this past weekend and and committed uh, while he was there. So, I mean, you know, and we talked, you know, I talked to him recently, you know, maybe two weeks ago or or three and uh, had a really good in-depth phone interview with him. And, you know, he said, hey, look, I talk to Casey Woods every Tuesday on the phone. You know, so it's like they have a scheduled time to talk and they talk about everything. They talk about Missouri. They talk about, you know, family, friends, uh, all kinds of stuff, schoolwork. So. Um, yeah, I mean, when you put that kind of effort in where you have, where you pretty much have a set time every week where you're talking to your, uh, your main recruiter and position coach, uh, future position coach, I mean, I, that obviously says good things about Missouri and, and, um, look, we, the baseball aspect is something we'll throw in there too. I mean, that was a huge, huge thing for him. Obviously, uh, you know, he's being projected as a pitcher in college and he throws in the nineties. Um, so, um. You know, that was big for him to be able to have that opportunity to play baseball, too. He really loves baseball. And, uh, you know, but he's really improved as a, as a tight end. You know, Missouri likes him um, just as a guy that can really spread the field out as a pass catcher, can go up and catch the ball. And he's also uh, becoming a really good blocker, too. That's something that he said that uh, Missouri really likes about his game. It's kind of growing uh, just in his uh, development and everything like that, too. So, uh, yeah, it was not a not a surprise, not a shock. Uh, Tennessee was really in it. You know, Tennessee's got a really good baseball program. Uh, he visited there recently. Uh, and, you, you know, look, you had uh, you had Notre Dame was kind of, you know, showing him a lot of interest, but Michigan just offered. So that was a really good gift for, for uh, Missouri to kind of land a guy like him. I mean, people, whenever Michigan starts coming around and, and offering a kid like that, I mean, that, that shows you that he's got some really good talent.
0: Uh, and and I know you're you're supposed to talk with Brett tonight and and you'll have a story and I'd, I'd be interested in, and I don't know if we have a good feel for this, but you know the baseball thing was originally we heard that was going to be a huge deal and then I'd actually kind of heard hey, he may not play baseball anymore. you know he had an injury that that may that may get pushed off to the side and then he made it pretty clear that he was committing to play both sports anytime baseball's in the picture like you've got to kind of know, how good is this kid? Like is this a baseball draft pick could influence whether he ever actually plays in college and and I don't really know that. I don't know if you know that, but but might talk to him about it tonight.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know where he does project. And I mean, that's something we talked about with Sam Horn too. You know, Sam Horn really loves baseball, you know, and he's going to play uh baseball this year. He did, you know, and he he said, you know, talking to horn you know back during the summer or spring i can't remember when i talked to him, the first uh, spring for uh before the rivals camp he said you know hey the only thing that would stop me from coming to missouri is if i got drafted high in the draft but i don't know where he projects in the draft to be honest with you um so the same thing with Northfleet i don't know you know i mean plus you know he's you know, two years away from, you know, or or another season or two seasons away from being drafted out of high school. So I don't know where his projection kind of lies in that area. You know, like I said, he missed a lot of time. He had a torn labrum uh, that he uh, was recovering from, so he didn't pitch a lot last year. Um, so he's kind of coming back from that. So um, maybe a little bit off the radar in terms of baseball, but uh, we'll see what kind of – what how he kind of projects after this season and going into next season. But yeah, I mean, anytime you kind of get drafted high and you get offered, you know, somebody shows some money in your face and you know a, a good, a nice little contract, and uh, you know that might, that might sway some decisions. But uh, but we'll see. I don't, you know, considering he's 2023, it's kind of too early to tell with Northfleet in, in terms of just kind of where he projects in the baseball realm right now.
0: Yeah, and and look, getting. A guy in 2023 to kind of get the ball rolling is always a good thing. It was Max Weisner last year and then Isaac Thompson, I think, committed in like December. So, you know, getting a guy or two early to to, especially when it's an in-state guy can have an effect of of maybe some other guys seeing, oh, hey, you know, I know I got a year, but. Like he made his decision. I know where I want to go. So let's let's kind of jump, jump in together and get this thing going. So I'm not predicting necessarily any other imminent commitments for Missouri in 2023. We don't really know that at this point, but getting the first one on board can be kind of a, a momentum starter.
1: Yeah, a good snowball effect, and we saw it from this year's class. You know, you talked about Max Wisner getting in early, and then you saw Isaac Thompson get in early. So you saw some in-state kids kind of jump in the boat early. I think that could be the case for 2023 as well. We talked about, obviously, North Fleet's in, but we talked about how Missouri's in good standing with Logan Riker, with Caden Green. Now, those guys are national guys. Not saying that they would commit anytime soon, but it's possible. You know, uh, those guys could come in. What we talked about – Kyle Lang out of Troy uh, that's another guy to keep an eye on Marvin Burks another guy that's in the top 250 so uh, yeah it could definitely have a domino effect especially with the with the in-state targets that Missouri's uh, gathered eye on
0: Appreciate all you guys who are here watching with us live and we've got some questions and comments built up over in the queue and want to get to those because it's always just better to to attack what you guys want to talk about than Sean and I just kind of uh, blathering on for a while. So Floyd the Barber wants to know, how would you assess the 2022 offensive and defensive line recruiting as far as like average, above average, below average? So uh, I don't know, Sean, That's uh, it it seems to me like they did – they did really well on the defensive line in the 2021 class, so it's maybe a little lighter there. But the offensive line, I, I thought they really hit uh, pretty much what they wanted to get there.
1: Yeah, I think just and I'm just going off in terms of who they wanted and who they got. You know, I think all these, all those, all the people that they got in terms of the offensive line commits in 20 in this year's class is just guys that they really wanted. You know, so, um, so yeah, I think they did really well there, just in terms of getting the guys that they really wanted that were high on their board. Uh, defensive line is still kind of a work in progress you know we kind of saw them add uh at a a juco guy and and i think they might add a couple more pieces to the uh defensive line class initiatives class too whether that's juco whether that's high school whether that's dj Weselak, we'll see
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah i'm sure i'm sure we'll talk about dj here in a minute uh kyle wants to know what positions do you think mizzou takes transfers at um he mentions linebacker and running back. I think those are both possible. Um, I think offensive line and defensive line are both possible there. Um, and then it just kind of depends who pops up, right? I mean, there might be a position where you're saying, hey, we don't need somebody. But then if if there's a guy that, that comes open that you've got some sort of connection with that, that you say, oh, hang on, we, we just can't turn that down. Maybe there's a, a a guy at a position that we're not thinking of right now.
1: Yeah, I mean the biggest thing I think of uh, in terms of transfer needs is you know interior guy on the defensive line. You know if you find somebody in the, in that area uh, that could come in and play right away, I think that's something Missouri really kind of is looking for right now in terms of that. But yeah, I mean you never know. You've got you you've got a lot of guys that could pop up. We talked you know we've talked about Antonio Doyle. You know, uh, transfer from Texas A&M. You know, Missouri's shown some interest. We don't know where that stands with him right now, but. You know, there's ties there. He was obviously previously committed to Missouri and then, you know, uh, uh, went on to commit to A&M. So, yeah, guys like that will pop up. And obviously that feel. you know, Doyle kind of feels the position of need, whether that's D-line or whether he plays linebackers. So, um, yeah, uh, you just never know with the with the portal. You know, it's going to... The portal's got already got names in there, but it's going to have a whole lot more names in there in, a, in about a week or so. So yeah,
0: Exactly. And a lot of these kids might want to get something done before the early signing period. And I think the other thing to remember with the portal is, it, this isn't always true, but it's usually true. There's got to be some sort of connection. I mean, just looking and saying, hey, a five-star transferred from Oregon, he's from New Mexico, and Missouri never recruited him, and neither did anybody else outside the Pac-12. Like, is it possible? Sure, it's possible, in a scenario where, like, maybe an assistant coach at Missouri knows one of his coaches and gets a tip or a call on it but there's got to be some sort of logical connection you're not just scouring the portal going well hey this kid popped open and this kid I mean coaches do that but to have a realistic shot because the truth is most of these kids that transfer already have kind of a short list of an idea of where they want to go and behind the scenes a lot of them have probably had somebody reach out and say hey if this kid does enter the portal like, what would you think about that? You know, like if this girl likes you, would you play with her on recess or not? Uh, because she doesn't want to ask you to play on recess if you're going to say no, you know? So it's, it's kind of one of those situations. Um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, It's
1: kind of like the, uh, it's kind of like getting slipped a note if you want to go out, you know, in grade school, you get slipped uh, a note by a third party. (laughs) So do you want to? Do you want to go out? Yes or no?
0: <laughs> hey, there,
1: there are those conversations probably going on with some coaches and maybe some parents of players. Who knows? I mean, you know, hey, look, I, I things
0: like, I like you if you like me, but if you don't like me, don't worry. I never liked you to begin with. So yeah, uh, just hit, just hit no,
1: and uh, just sit it back.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, St. Louis Cards fan for life asks Sean, you might have to help me, uh, help me out here. Love to see the grapefruits on drink going for the win. Oh, the great! Now I get now. It took me a minute to uh, see what he meant. <laughs> how, how can possible recruits not love to see that out of a head coach? Uh, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, look, he doesn't make the decision to go for two because of recruits. But I think something <laughs> like that maybe makes a little bit of an impact. Who knows? Maybe pulling out a lightsaber at your press conference makes an impact, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, you had some impactful moments there, and you mentioned both of them right there, you know, going for two. But, I mean, look, good for him. Yeah, I, I, I wish you would have said in the post-game press conference, like, yeah, I just did it strictly for recruiting, going for two, you know. That's <laughs> we're be- bu- because the truth
0: is, that's why coaches do everything. They do everything <laughs> for recruiting in the end, to be quite honest. Uh,
1: not about not about winning, going to a bowl game, maybe kicking in some incentive money in my contract. It was strictly for recruiting, future recruiting. Uh-huh. But I – no, I'm sure you know recruits do pay attention to that. You know, uh, being aggressive, wanting to go for the win, getting bowl eligible, and then you know pulling out the uh, the troll of uh, Dan Mullen in the postgame press conference. That's always good PR, you know. So and,
0: and I mean Drinkwitz said it was the recruiting department that came with him to the uh, came to him with the idea. Um, so Floyd wants to know: with Mullen being blown blown out of Florida, are there any recruits Drinkwitz could flip? I, Sean, nobody comes to my mind immediately that's on Florida's commit list that Missouri really was was involved with I mean I don't know maybe they get Jadarius Perkins back he didn't play last weekend maybe he could just come back in the next class
1: (laughs) yeah um no nobody nobody that I know of has popped up or mentioned Missouri or anything like that you know with the Florida kids it's always hard you know just because I don't think there's a lot of ties down there uh, with the staff. So it's really hard to get those kids out of Florida. Uh, they had before, but, you know, uh, we'll see. I mean, it, it's definitely a possibility, but so far uh, uh, nobody's really mentioned Missouri or anything like that that's reached out. So,
0: um, Bryant Vessel wants to know any updates on the Logan Reichert front. I mean, he, he was... This is just status quo until he makes a decision. He was in town last weekend. Missouri's in excellent shape. Um, Georgia's involved. I, I think it will be... I think one thing he could be waiting on is to see what happens with Dan Lanning this off season, the defensive coordinator at Georgia, because I would expect that Dan Lanning gets a head coaching job somewhere. And now that's probably not at a place that's going to get involved with Logan Riker. But if that happens, that's right. the main draw to Georgia. I mean, I think we're both fairly comfortable calling Missouri the, the leader uh, for Logan Riker at this point. That doesn't mean it can't change, but, but I'd feel fairly comfortable saying that today.
1: Yeah, and that might be in response to maybe a future cast I put in earlier this week. So I mean <laughs> but that was really look, uh, uh regarding that future cast I put in for him, it, it's pretty much just a just a hunch. You know, he's been to Missouri a bunch this season, uh, for games. So uh, obviously he's got Missouri ties with the family. So um yeah, that was just a hunch. I, I think he'll end up at Missouri, but you know, we'll see. Yeah.
0: Um uh carl washington is asking if we've heard any follow-up on uh on samuel and pemba since he visited i haven't dashawn i'm I'm assuming if you had talked to him you would have probably mentioned that somewhere but uh i don't know i haven't haven't,
1: yeah i haven't talked to him yet but actually just got a message back from him that said he would like to do an interview so we will try to set something up sometime this week and hopefully we'll have an update soon
0: perfect sean will be interviewing samuel and pimba on thursday afternoon right after he has his sixth ipa and a plate of turkey so um
1: if he wants to talk before i start drinking heavily i'm good with that on thursday afternoon
0: perfect um jake wants to know any interest in mj anderson out of minnesota he's a, a defensive lineman from cbc that entered the transfer portal, Sean, I know you, you follow Minnesota um, as well as Missouri. If I remember correctly, MJ Anderson was a kid that didn't have an offer from Missouri out of high school. And a lot of people kind of wondered why now it's a new coaching. That was Barry Odom's staff, right. That didn't offer him. So, so that could, the fact that it's a new coaching staff could kind of ease the, Hey, why didn't you offer me two years ago, but it might not as well, but I haven't heard anything specific. It is kind of one of those, okay, at least there's a connection, so it does make some sense that Missouri might be interested,
1: yeah, nothing new or or nothing that I know of in terms of Missouri interest there. I mean, obviously, he just entered the portal uh, not too long ago, just a few days ago. But the thing about MJ Anderson is he could be a guy that could come in and, and be a good rotational guy for him. I mean, he's been playing a lot at Minnesota. He's been getting twenty, thirty snaps a game. A lot of defensive line, Uh, they usually usually are rotating like eight guys in. So he's been getting a pretty good, decent amount of playing time up there. So he could be a guy that could come in and contribute right away.
0: Yeah, uh, the Magic Man asked the Wesselak question. So here's what we know about DJ Wesselak. There was a legal situation. Those charges were dropped yesterday. Um, As we said on this show and on our message board a few weeks ago, nothing is going to happen in his recruitment until that situation was resolved. It has now been resolved. Those charges, as I was uh, posted yesterday and was told by a source, those charges have been dropped. Um, And so everything we're hearing is that Missouri is in excellent shape. And, you know, I, I can tell you guys from what I've, kind of figured out over the last few weeks that Missouri did not drop the kid when the legal situation arose now they weren't going to accept a commitment from him in the middle of it or anything but they did not stop recruiting him and they very much took the approach let's, let's let this thing play out before we we move forward I can't say if other programs took a different approach or not I don't know how many of those those options are still committable for DJ but Missouri's in in a good position
1: yeah I agree I mean obviously he tweeted out that he was at the game this past weekend too so I mean you know kind of signs point in Missouri's direction uh in terms of landing him and look you know Wes had look this was a guy that was just on fire in recruiting recruiting wise you know starting about a year ago you know he started to kind of uh, his stock started to rise and like a lot of power five blue blood teams got involved I think he took official visits to Florida and uh, Florida over the summer, and Penn State at the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, obviously, Florida's situation has changed with Mullen out. Um, so, I mean, who knows if Penn State's still involved? If they're t- kind of taking the same approach as Missouri has, and and who knows? You know, uh, any other schools that are kind of taking that same approach. I mean, all signs point to Missouri, but there could be some other teams that maybe took the same approach Missouri did, and maybe have kind of re-entered the mix and uh, have kind of accelerated their interest level now.
0: Yeah, and um you know, he's got two weekends where he can take visits if he wants to. So it but he's been to he's been to as many games as anybody who's not committed to Missouri. I mean, there's you know, I know everybody got some panties in a bunch when Missouri wasn't in his top 15 or whatever back in the summer, but <laughs> like we told you guys from day one don't pay attention to that. Missouri's going to be in this thing at the end, and they are, and and we'll see where it goes. Uh, another question from Floyd says, uh, Edric Hill, who's a three-star 2023 defensive lineman from North Kansas City, got an offer from Alabama. Are you surprised, and do programs tend to reach or project it defensive tackle a little bit? So let me say a couple things, and these aren't specific to Edric Hill, and then, then I'll let Sean take it. Um, First of all, I've always been told that defensive tackle is the second most difficult position to project and recruit in college football right behind uh, quarterback just because of the physical nature and you don't know necessarily how kids are going to grow and all that. So so that's definitely the case um, with defensive alignment. And also, as far as being surprised on the kid having an Alabama offer, go back to last December and see how many 2022 kids had Alabama offers and I am not saying that Edrick Hill doesn't have one right he very well may if he called Nick Saban tomorrow maybe he could commit to Alabama it would surprise me if that was the case but that's possible but I, I think that like I had someone tell me years ago and Urban Meyer really started this some of these blue blood programs will offer a kid super early, right, when he doesn't have very many. Like, he'll legitimately be told, you have an offer from Ohio State, Oklahoma, Alabama, whatever it is. Now, the truth is, if the kid says, cool, I want to play there, the response is going to be, well, eh, hold on, man. Like, we like you, but, but let's not make that decision quite yet, right? Because what they are setting up is they're offering 15 defensive tackles, and then... In nine months or in 10 months, when they kind of figure out how the board plays out, if 11 of those guys have gone somewhere else, then they can call back one of these original 15 kids and say, hey, man, we offered you before anybody did. We offered you a year ago. We loved you. Now, please ignore the fact we have not spoken to you in the 10 months since that happened, but remember <laughs> that we offered you way back when. Like, And and I'm not blaming – everybody does it. You know, um, but especially these elite programs like they will offer 200 kids a year in advance and they're really only actively recruiting maybe 40 or 50 of them to start. But as those 40 or 50 start to go somewhere else, then they'll get to the next 40 or 50 that's how it works, um, but I, none of that is specific to Edrick Hill, and, and Sean, I don't know you know, specifically to this kid how much you know, but I've, I've heard good things out of North Kansas City, and I've heard since the beginning of this year that a lot of people believe he is actually a better prospect than Dominique Orange at the same school.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was going to bring that up, Gabe. Uh, and you kind of explained that eloquently uh, and very directly. I mean, that's kind of how recruiting I, works. I have know? a
0: I have a way of explaining things very eloquently. <laughs> that's kind of my thing.
1: Oh, oh hey, hey, Edric. Uh, yeah, remember we offered you like a year ago? Uh, hey, man, what's up? What have you been up to? <laughs> um, yeah. But no, I, I, a lot of people, you know, uh, have raved about him, and, and I'm kind of curious to see where his, uh, his uh, recruiting process really goes. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, Marquis Grasio had a Alabama offer, you know, and that, you know, that didn't work out, you know, and and that's how it kind of works with teams like that. You know, just like you said, they'll offer kids early. Where he's at on the tier board, you know, on their their big board, what tier level is he? I don't know. You know, uh, is he tier one? Is he tier two? Is he tier three? You know, and look, those tier two, tier three guys are probably not going to get talked to as much as the tier one guys, you know, so – um, too early to tell. I mean, I know he just picked that offer up, I think, over the weekend whenever he was in town, so for a visit. So yeah, it's it's to be determined with with him. But I'm I am curious to see how many other teams get involved and, and where they kind of stand on his board. I think his you know, with, with Alabama getting involved, you're gonna have a lot of other teams get involved. A lot of teams have already gotten involved with him, so he's gonna be a pretty highly talented prospect, I believe, in the twenty twenty-three class.
0: Uh we've gotten a couple of questions about Mac Markway. He's a, a dismet kid who is committed to he's actually committed Committed to Florida. Um, uh, look, I never got the impression that Missouri had much of a shot with Mac Marquay. Now, with you know, with Dan Mullen moving on, does he stay committed to Florida? I don't know. But my impression was never that Missouri felt like it was in much of a position with Marquay.
1: Yeah, I know Missouri got him to visit. And he's visited Missouri before, but I think they got him to visit, you know, right before he uh, committed to Florida, I think. And, uh, But yeah, it's kind of curious. You know, with North Fleet, I mean, how many how many tight ends do they want? You know, they got a guy that can, you know, uh, catch the ball. They got a guy that can block. Obviously, Mark Ways, you know, uh, very highly touted. And if he backs off his Florida commitment, I mean, look, there's some other Blue Bloods that probably are going to want a guy like that, so... Uh, curious, but I kind of kind of feel the same way. I don't know if he was ever really obviously, you know, came and showed some interest, but where Missouri kind of stood in his recruiting process was probably pretty pretty low in my opinion. Uh, and I think I think he would rather kind of seems like he's kind of more, you know, more. More focused on uh, going to a kind of a blue blood program, so um, yeah, if he backed off his Florida commitment, there's going to be a lot of other programs that kind of kind of reach out to him and say, "Hey, come come in the boat."
0: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll finish up with this one. Any info on the French junior college defensive tackle who visited last week? Um, that was uh, Samuel Mba, I believe. Uh, he. Jeffrey. Was- Jeffrey Mbah, I don't know who Samuel Mbah. Oh, Samuel Mpemba, I'm confusing these uh these M apostrophe <laughs> names. Jeffrey Mbah. Yeah, but um he actually <laughs> he was, was a, close. It <laughs> was a JUCO teammate of Realist George, who is obviously on Missouri's roster now. Um the information we had last weekend was that he came to Missouri on Friday. He was going to Oklahoma for their game against Iowa State on Saturday. He's also going to visit Auburn and Oregon. Missouri is trying to get him back for an official visit before the early signing period. I don't know if that will happen. Um, Sean, if you talk to him, though, I politely request that the interview be done exclusively in
1: French. Well, that's going to be a problem, Gabe, because um, I don't know French.
0: (laughs) I I took uh, three years in high school. I can help you out with a few words, but not many.
1: Well, you're a whole lot more qualified than me. I, I took a zero years of French in high school or college. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I have reached out to Jeffrey. I haven't heard anything back in terms of wanting to set up an in a, a interview time or wanting to get some quotes from, about the visit. Um, and, really, you kind of look at him. He, you know, in, in other – he's talked to some other sites on our network, uh, you know, and he mentions kind of those – bigger schools you know per se and uh, I think that's kind of where his recruiting process is going to trend honestly Uh, you know and and kudos to Missouri for getting him on campus I just don't think he comes back for an official visit but if he does that's pretty good for Missouri just to, to kind of get him back for an official but I think he's you know that's kind of a recruiting process it's kind of they see the measurables he's really raw still as a uh defensive lineman and uh but there's a lot of uh big schools that are really after him i think that's where he's going to kind of gravitate to in his recruiting process
0: all right well uh that that wraps the questions and and we've gone a, about 30 minutes which is what we were anticipating here this morning right. appreciate all of you guys watching uh sean thanks for taking some time in and hopefully anything that happens for your sake happens in the next 36 hours
1: that's right. I hope so, but it probably won't. So, hey, <laughs> that's the life of a recruiting editor at uh,
0: powermazoo.com All right, buddy. <laughs> Have a good Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you later on.
1: All
0: right, man. All right, that is Sean Williams as mentioned. Um Woo. our recruiting editor there here at power mizzou and uh again, if anything does happen uh this week, which is always possible, hey, we'll be on it. Um whether that's, you know, today, Thursday, whatever, we'll cover it. We hope it's not Thursday, but It is what it is, man. There are no hours. So, appreciate you guys hanging out here with us on Tuesday morning. Um, Just tomorrow, Mitchell Forty and I will have the uh, 573 report. We're doing that uh, live as normal on Wednesday. It'll be – I think we're doing it around 11 a.m. so that we can kind of – start uh start our thanksgiving break on wednesday afternoon um but we'll get that done uh, a little bit before lunchtime tomorrow hope you guys join us then if you're here live with us hit the like button subscribe to the channel again if you're listening on the podcast just uh, give us a nice review and and say good things there share what we're doing um we'll have the show live tomorrow thursday we will have an opponent preview show but that is actually already pre-recorded uh we'll, we'll air it on thursday you'll be able to see it on Power Mizzou, on our YouTube channel, whatever, but that is, uh, in in all honesty, previously done. We'll be back Friday for Mizzou-Arkansas pregame at 1.30. Sorry, at 1 o'clock, postgame after that, and then uh, basketball Friday night. So thanks to you, all you guys for hanging out here with us uh, every week, and we will continue this recruiting show Uh, Leading up to the early signing period that is I believe three weeks from tomorrow it opens up Uh, I have to double check my calendar but but I think that's accurate three weeks from tomorrow will be the start of the signing period so the next uh, next three Tuesdays Sean and I will still be here I'm trying to maybe get Clint Cosgrove our national uh, Midwest analyst. Um, on the show one of these times to talk about Eli Drinkwitz and the class he's putting together. So uh, we'll be here with you guys through the early signing period at least and uh, TBD uh, going forward. After that, one more shout out to Brandon Barnes, who has been with us all year long as the sponsor of this Tuesday show. Brandon is over at USA Mortgage, and his contact information is there on the blue box to my left, showmemortgage.com. You can get an online quote if you'd rather email, it's Barnes at usa-mortgage.com. You can give him a call at 573-818-2772 or 573 590 0001 just give brandon the first shot at your business he's got competitive rates he's got great customer service and uh really a guy that that is going to take care of you if you're looking for a refinance new mortgage anything like that so give brandon a shout uh tell him you heard about it on power mizzou or here on this show much appreciated and thanks for hanging out guys we will catch up with you tomorrow on the 573 report and friday after mizzou arkansas um if you don't join us tomorrow happy thanksgiving to y'all but uh hope to see you again in about 24 hours